Seasons of life are often like the weather. Sometimes we get to embrace the times of calmness and clear skies. Other times we experience the blustering of busyness and rushed routines. It can be challenging in those fast-paced seasons to catch our stride while also remaining spiritually grounded. Today on Bloom, we'll discuss how to navigate the busy seasons of life with both grit and grace. I'm your host, Jen Robinson, for October 1st, 2021. Bloom. This is a podcast designed to inspire, encourage, and grow women in their relationship with each other and the Lord. If this is your first time tuning in today, I'm so glad that you joined us. Bloom drops a new podcast on the first Friday of every month. So if you want to stay up to date with what's going on in women's ministry at Grace Church and you want to be a part of our growing Bloom community, please hit subscribe wherever you listen. Now, if this is a podcast that has been encouraging to you, I would love for you to share it with a friend or post a link on social media so we can continue to bloom together. So I feel like I say this every year, but I am a fall lover through and through. It is my absolute favorite time of year. But it's also probably the busiest time of year for the Robinson household. Ministry vamps up in the fall, school is in full swing for the kids, after school activities are going on, and I'm officially a football widow as Jesse is spending what feels like close to 90% of his waking hours teaching, prepping, and coaching. Now I know many other women are in the same boat of busyness, so I thought it was fitting today to talk about finding rhythms in our busy seasons of life. You know, how do we manage the demands of life well? Well, first off, maybe you're wondering, what are rhythms? Now, I think defining what I mean by rhythms is a good starting place. Now, if you were to ask me even six months ago what my definition of a rhythm was, I would have immediately linked it to some description of dance, music, something artistic that requires movement maybe. Now, I have disciplined myself to exercise five days a week. Jesse and I get up in the wee hours of the morning so that we can be active together before the day unfolds and before time and energy run away from us. Now, a couple of months ago, I was getting kind of tired of my usual cardio routines of running and aerobics, and I began incorporating dance into my workouts just to switch things up a little bit. Now, I don't know if it's because it's 5 a.m. and my brain isn't communicating effectively yet to the rest of my body or just the simple fact of not being 20 anymore, but I've discovered that I don't always have the best rhythm. I've always considered myself to be fairly athletic, but I struggle a little bit with rhythm. Now, in the videos I follow, the music and moves are fast-paced. Just when I finally feel like I have even somewhat of a grasp on the motion, the instructor introduces a new move. There's hardly adequate time to learn the new move before I'm expected to have it figured out. Now, thankfully, as it turns out, you can still burn a decent number of calories by aimlessly flailing your arms and making a complete fool of yourself. I think Jesse's found it pretty entertaining so far. You know, some days I'm frustrated that I can't pick up the moves as quickly as I would like, while other days I'm elated that I am able to accurately mimic the motions I see in front of me and maybe even actually look like I know what I'm doing. But regardless of how tired or inadequate I feel at the end, 
I still get out of bed the next day, ready to meet the challenge again, hoping to do better than I did the day before. Now, I've learned that finding rhythms in life is very similar to my experience and approach to these dance workouts. Life can be fast-paced and coming at you quickly. Just when you think you've adjusted and found your stride, a new motion is added. Your momentum has slowed down, and you're flailing your arms every which direction just to steady yourself. You have moments of frustration and moments of victories. But no matter how sore or defeated life makes you feel, you continue to choose to get up each day and face your challenges. And we're talking about two words and how we look at finding rhythms in our busy schedules. The first word we're going to take a look at is grit. I love the word grit. One of my favorite things in the world, something that brings me joy and is so therapeutic to me, is refurbishing furniture. I know it sounds funny. You would think like a a spa day or maybe um, a, a day with friends or something, but I love refurbishing furniture. I love taking something that looks beaten down and worn and turning it into something functional and beautiful again. And whenever I am working on a piece of furniture, the first thing I have to do is sand it. This is refurbishing 101. You can never just stain or paint over wood without first sanding it because the new color won't adhere well over an existing stain or paint. Now, if you're familiar at all with sandpaper and the process, you know that there are various grits of sandpaper. Now, the different grits of sandpaper are indicated by a number. The higher grit number is equivalent to a finer abrasive, which creates smoother surface finishes. And then on the other hand, lower grit numbers represent coarser abrasives that scrape off materials much quicker. Now, when I begin a project, I begin with a coarser grit of sandpaper so I can create those quick scratches in the wood and remove more of the old stain. Now, the rhythm of sanding progresses to a finer level of grit that evens out the scratches and makes the wood smooth. Sanding is not necessarily um, easy work, especially if you are sanding by hand. But even though there is a technique to sanding furniture, it doesn't necessarily require a great deal of skill, I've come to find. It mostly just requires a lot of patience and endurance. I remember sanding a piece of furniture that I had. I found this pine desk and the color of it was just horrendous. I didn't like it at all. And so I had to sand it first because I wanted to restain it. And it took me days and days of sanding. And I muscles in my arms that I didn't even realize were there, probably muscles I don't use that often, were so sore beyond belief. So why does this matter? Because in order to have grit, we need to have patience and endurance. I came across this acronym that I believe really adequately sums up the meaning of the word grit. Guts, resilience, initiative, and tenacity. It's a character component that causes us to meet our obstacles with courage and resolve. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Now, in busy seasons, it's very easy to become overwhelmed and exhausted. While we can't always control busy seasons, we do have to put on our armor because the enemy loves to use our busyness to complete his business. The busyness can be such a distraction to us that we fail to see the traps Satan strategically places in our path. In our aimless flailing, we might miss out on more alone time with God or miss out on the needed rest we need. 
settling for less, being content with inadequate measures of quality physical and spiritual refreshment. When we're overwhelmed and exhausted, our guard is down and we're vulnerable to attack. Now, how do we find rhythms with grit? How do we persevere through the busyness? Let's talk about some practical ways that we can do this. As I said, sometimes we can't always control the new moves that get introduced into our lives. But what we can do is adjust our routine where we're able to and make room for recharging. So we're not just flailing, but finding rhythms. A general rule I like to follow, and I have to be honest, I probably don't always follow it to a T, but one I do like to follow is that whenever something new is added to my routine, something new is added to my to-do list, I evaluate all my demands and determine what needs to be taken off my plate. There should always be an even exchange. And this decision may not be so simple. It may require a great deal of discernment and prayer. If you're working full-time, teaching a Bible study, shuttling kids back and forth to different practices and school, and now you find out your aging mom needs consistent help at home, what do you do? Now to me, true grit doesn't just mean that you roll up your sleeves all the higher and make it happen. It means you face your challenges with courage and resolve. That's the definition of grit. You're not going to shy away from the problem And instead, you're going to find a solution. The trap that we often fall into, one of the traps the enemy loves to bait us with, is that we think that it all falls on us. But what is the exhortation in 1 Corinthians 16, 13? Does it say, take everything upon yourself with courage and strength? No, it first says, be on your guard. God knows we are not meant to take it all on. Grit doesn't imply that the workload falls entirely on us. So as you're evaluating each responsibility that you have and are prayerfully considering what adjustments need to be made, ask yourself this question. Is this something that can be delegated or deleted? What can be deleted? Can you reduce your kids' activities? I know several large families whose kids are all involved in multiple sports, and I honestly don't know how you accomplish anything else. I mean, do you just do you just pitch a tent on the practice field during the weekends? I, I don't know how you do that, and I know that I personally am not built for that. But maybe you delete some activities so that your kids are only involved in one sport or one club, one group at a time. And then we can take a look at what can be delegated. Can you ask a friend to co-lead the Bible study with you so you're not the only one taking on all the prep and leading for the class? So grit is not saying you are the solution. Grit says you are willing to find the solution. And that will result in your decision to delete or delegate as you navigate through busy seasons of life. And the second word we're going to focus on is grace. In our Christian vocabulary, we understand grace as the freely given, unmerited favor and love of God. It's the gift we don't deserve, and we could never earn on our own. Grace, in its most simplest definition, though, means elegance or refinement of movement. When life is hectic and there are so many moving parts happening at once, we can sometimes get a little clumsy with our attitude and reckless with our behavior. 
Our words to others may become sloppy and careless, or we become overly self-critical because we're struggling to keep up with the motions. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Having grit is a good quality. Grit also, though, needs to be anchored in grace. I find that more often than not, it's easy to muster grit. It's easy to have that can-do attitude, but it can be more challenging to display grace in overwhelming seasons of life. When life seems to be flying at rapid pace, our patience wears thin, you're exhausted on all fronts, And the people around you, especially closest to you, usually are the unfortunate victims to catch the brunt of our disgruntled attitudes. So how do we live graciously even when we are hurried and are drowning in our daily demands? Now, As elementary as it may sound, navigating busy seasons with grace, in my opinion, begins with a rhythm of gratitude. Like any other habit, gratitude takes practice. It's intentionally shifting our focus away from the distractions created in the busyness and showing God thanks. A lot of times we link our points of gratitude to specific blessings. Can I challenge you though, that while it's good to give thanks for what God has done or how he provides for us, The most constant means to give gratitude to God is when we are thankful, not for what he's done, but simply for who he is. In busy seasons, life is hard and our bent as humans is to complain about the stressors swirling around us and filling in all the white space in our calendars. I love how the late J.I. Packer worded it. He said, We need to discover all over again that worship is natural to the Christian, as it was to the godly Israelites who wrote the Psalms, and that the habit of celebrating the greatness and graciousness of God yields an endless flow of thankfulness, joy, and zeal. When times of life have a spinning, It's so necessary for our spiritual health to stop twirling and create tunnel vision for gratitude. Gratitude will literally shape our mind in ways we would otherwise never experience. It may not have the power to change the rhythm of our busyness, but it will change the spiritual rhythm of our hearts. Recall Jesus' words in Luke 6.45, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we have grateful hearts on the inside, our attitudes and actions will reflect that on the outside. Life has a way of becoming busy every now and then, maybe more often for some than others, but it's possible to find rhythms using grit and grace in those busy seasons. Remember that grit doesn't mean that we take it upon ourselves to tackle every problem but that we face our demanding schedules with resolve by figuring out what we can delete and what we can delegate. And no matter how crazy our calendar becomes, if we make a habit of showing gratitude to God for who he is, we'll be able to find our stride. So no matter what life throws our way, let us step forward with grit anchored in grace. Thank you for listening today, friends. Until next time, keep growing and God bless.